And so, welcome, folks. We're, uh, you join us kind of towards the end of a five-week series. We've been uh, talking about up, in, out. Up, meaning our relationship with God. God, uh, Jesus was asked the question, what are the greatest commandments? Love God, love each other. They're the two greatest commandments in a very quick nutshell there. And so we were designed, weren't we, to have a relationship with God. And that's our up kind of relationship. We talked about that a few weeks ago. And then our in relationship is in terms of our relationships with one another. And we really uh, put a high value in terms of doing life and sharing life. We were never designed to do life on our own. We were designed to be in community and family. And I love that so much about the vineyard that we that we uh, establish really good, meaningful, deep relationships where we share our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But also that God didn't intend us to stay in the safety of the four walls, to create castles. He didn't create us to be like that. He intended us that we would uh, go and make a difference in the culture and the society around us. And that's our outward. And last week we, um, we were quite brave and we looked at politics and we looked at our relationship with the political world and how we should engage our lives in that way, that we would be salt and light in that whole area. And this morning, what we want to do this morning is take a few moments just to look at uh, being out in the workplace. Because we spend a lot of our time in the workplace, right? God, when he, uh, right at the very beginning of creation, intended us and made us that we would work, that we would labor. Right at the beginning, he gives us the most incredible garden in the whole world. He says, go tend to it, go work in it. And then we kind of messed up a wee bit. And then he said, now you're going to work, but really hard. And then kind of through, through kind of life, that's, that's what we're made for. Again, I, I hate to harp on about it, but it is the best program at the minute, is the island. And, um, and so you, you, you see on the island, they, they're talking about, oh, it's exhausting. It's such hard work. And I know they haven't got much food, they haven't got much drink and all that sort of stuff. It makes it doubly hard. But they're, they're having to do chores. They're having to go fetch their stuff. They're having to do this, they're having to do that. That's part and parcel of life, that we would work. Life isn't just about kicking back and sitting, sun lounging uh, on holiday the whole time. We were destined to do that. Now, workplace includes school. It includes studying. It includes caring for children or for someone else or an adult. And it includes those who are looking for work. It includes just our whole life about what God has given us that we might make a difference with the resources that we have. This morning's title is called this, Doing What You Can, Where You Are, With What You've Got. And if we agree with a passage that we looked at last week, we are called to be salt and light wherever we go. Wherever we go and wherever God has us, and wherever he takes us, that we are to be salt and light in those places and people that we spend our time with. And the reason we're looking at the workplace is because we spend such a large part of our lives there. Such a large part of the lives. You know, think about uh, what tomorrow looks like for you. What time you wake up. What time you have to get ready. Where you've got to be. When you're going to get home. All that sort of stuff. I know not everyone does a nine to five thing. Um, I, I hate to refer to him, but our friend Baker Dave. What time do you wake up in the mornings? Half two. Half two in the morning. That's pretty grim, isn't it? Aren't you so glad you're not a baker? Anyone going on night shift tonight? No? Okay. 
So it, it varies, doesn't it, for, from, from people, person to person, whatever it is that God has you doing. But we spend a lot of our time there, and we want to spend just some time looking at some things. And then you're going to hear again from a number of folks from within us. So uh, we're going to briefly skip over a passage. It's well known. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 25, we're verse 14. It's well, well known, so we're going to whiz right through it. And uh, hopefully it might come up there for you. Again, uh, again, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. So again, he's been talking about it. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went, and uh, he made five bags more. The guy who was given two, he put that resources to work, and he managed to make two bags more. But the one who had the one, uh, he dug a hole in the ground, and he hid his master's money. He did nothing with what was given to him, basically. After a long time, the master of the servants returned to settle the accounts, and the five said, look what I've done. I've managed to multiply it and make another five. And the same with the two and the two. But the one, uh, uh, sorry, so in return, his master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Comes down to the guy who dug the hole and put it in the ground. And, um, and he says this. Uh, he says, why, why did you do that? And, and uh, the man returns or replies to him and says this, I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here is what belongs to you. And he gives him back the one. And the reply was, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have least received uh, what was back in interest. And he goes on and on. It's a well-known story, which is why we've kind of skipped through it. But it's basically this, and what I want to look at this morning is that God entrusts each one of us with resources. Could be financial monetary resources. It could be um, possessions that we have. It could be uh, natural uh, God-given ability and talent. This, as you know, many of you, is the parable of the talents. A talent was a monetary uh, value in those days. And it's where we get the English word talent, which describes things that we're good at. So you can tell that um, some of the musicians here, Berger's absolutely amazing. He's really talented on the old piano. Yeah, he's really good on that. And I mean, the girls, as they sang this morning, I mean, they're so talented. Their voice is incredible. Stephen McCaffrey, man, he, he bashes that box and gets some sounds going on there. So talented, aren't they? You kind of know where I'm going with this, don't you? <laughs> and then there's Phil. And, and, and it's like, oh, don't, oh, don't do that. <laughs> And it's, it's those things that God has made us for. It's what we've got. And God is calling us to use what you've got, where you are, with whatever you can do. That's what it's about. 
We see it in our children growing up, don't we? Those of us who are parents, you look at your kids, you're like, man, that's amazing. And you're like, where did they get that from? They didn't get that from me. Or sometimes it is a, they develop the same things that you're good at. And that's kind of passed on to the next generation, isn't it? In the story, talent was given. But it wasn't given to dig a hole and just bury it in the ground. It was given to multiply, to use, to spend, to invest in order to gather more and more. Multiplication is a kingdom dynamic. But it's not for personal gain. It can be for personal gain, but we here, we believe that what God has given us is entrusted to us that we use for the benefit of the kingdom and for other people. And those who are faithful, more will be given. As you're faithful, as you put to work that which God has given you, he gives you more and he gives you more and he gives you more and he entrusts it. And again, it's not for you. It's not intended for you. Some of it's for you to keep and to use, and that's wonderful, but it's for others. He gives you more and entrusts you with more and more. But here's the thing. Fear kept the person from putting the resources to work. Fear made that man dig the hole and shove it in the ground. And often with what God's given us, it's the fear of, oh, goodness, what if I do that? What if I do this? I, I, I love... Um, sometimes the stories, uh, the, the, the X Factor sort of stuff and the Britain's Got Talent stuff, uh, you, you hear the stories of the person who's, who's aged, right? And they've been so talented all those years, but they've just never really flourished or they've never had the chance. They've never really got up on the stage and really shown what they can really do. And there's usually the story and the researchers have done it and they film them off camera and all, you know how it goes, Right? And they get up there and they sing or they dance, they do something. You're just like, wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. We're not called to uh, bury it out of fear. We're called to shine and uh, use it for the benefits of others. Another story briefly, Moses. Moses was in a place of privilege. He was in a place with Pharaoh. He does something stupid. He runs away. Sound familiar? We do something stupid. We run away. He runs away and he's out there in the wild and he's looking after the sheep one day. And God has a different agenda. He has something for him. And he shows up in the most incredible thing. A bush. A bush that's just burning there but doesn't kind of consume, doesn't burn up. And in that place and in that moment, God speaks to him and tells him his mandate for him, that he is to go, that he is to go free the people. And, uh, and, and you can imagine it. Moses is like, no, I've been there. Why would I go back there? Why would I go back to Pharaoh? Why would I go with that incredible task of freeing my people from slavery? Why would I do that? Oh, for a quiet life. I'll be honest with you. I think I've said this to you before. There are some days, and these are my wobbly days, I'm just being honest, when I'm like, various things, it could be just pressure, and I'm feeling just uptight or anxious or whatever, stressed out, call it whatever it is. We, we go those places, don't we? And there's sometimes I'm just like, oh, for a quiet life. 
I would like to be a tree surgeon in those days. I'd be outside, which is what I love doing, and all I'd have is trees and a chainsaw. And I'd just cut trees down. Now, if you're a tree surgeon, God bless you, and there's nothing in that. I'm just like, that, for me, that, I just love that. That's on my bad days. But I know that God's called me to what I'm doing here and what I've been doing as a teacher. And that's, that's that. Oh, for a quiet life. And Moses is in that place where he's in this quiet life. And God says, I've got something else for you. And, he's, and what is he? He's full of fear. How am I going to do this? And he says this. He's in Exodus 4. He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The staff that was in his hands. And God spoke and he asked the question to him, what's that in your hands? It's just a staff. It's just a shepherd's crook. It's just a wooden stick. And those of us who know the stories, that very stick became a sign. Thrown to the ground, it becomes a snake. When he grabs it by the tail, it becomes its staff again. It was a sign to the people that God was with him. With that same staff, he strikes the rock and water comes out of it. With that same staff, he places it on the, on the shoreline there of the Red Sea and the waters parted. What's that in your hand? It's just a stick. With that stick, his wonders were fulfilled. And God's asking us the question this morning, what's that in your hand? What is that that God's given you? Your education, the talents that you have, the financial resources, the things that you have got that God has given you and has entrusted to you. What's that in your hand? And how are you putting that uh, to work when you're in your workplace? I know many of you have enjoyed listening to other people, so you'll be glad to know I'm going to be quiet now and invite... Um, Three people. First one is Carol. Would you come? And they're just individuals who are part of our church, have been part of our church for a while, and I have no idea what they're going to say. I have simply asked them, how does God use you in your workplace, and where are you seeing God in and through the time that you spend at work? So, deep breath. Here goes. I don't get relaxing in work, so I'm hardly going to relax here. Um, I have the pleasure of being an HR manager, which is a very challenging... Up to my mouth, okay. I'm used to shouting. Um, it's a very challenging job, and I've been doing it for a lifetime, and sometimes I just think, Lord, please give me a nice fluffy job. Let me sit at my desk and do nice smiley things, but that's never going to happen because I realize God has placed me in a role where I'm going to always walk alongside people through the good days and the bad days. Um, unfortunately, in HR, it's mainly bad days because people don't like getting issued with um, conduct things and they're going to be dismissed. And I'm not allowed to share the gospel in the formal sense in work. So it's very important for me to cultivate a very good inter um, inner prayer life. And to me, that involves when I get up in the morning, jump into my car and I'm driving those 21 miles to work, and that whole journey is talking to God and telling him, I don't know what's ahead of me today, Lord, because I just hit the ground running when I go in. Um, and I need you there every step of the way. 
Um, I need you to give me encouragement. I need you to show me compassion when I know that someone's telling me um, stories. Um, I need you to give me strength to deal with the trade unions that I have coming into my office every day. And I also need you to um, just let me share the gospel in some way. I'm not allowed to formally do it. I can't have someone sitting in the office and I'm saying to them, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to be referring you for um, recommendation of dismissal, but don't worry, Jesus loves you and do you want to pray? I wouldn't be allowed to do that. So how I do it really is um, if I have someone in the office and we're doing a sick review meeting and just a grown man will break down in tears in front of me and he'll just start talking about the problems that he has in his job and in his family life and for me then that's where my compassionate heart comes in um, and I would maybe just sit alongside the person and maybe just gently pat their knee or put my hand on the shoulder and, and during that time and I'm talking to them going through all the procedures but inside I'm actually praying and lifting them up to God and I'm asking God to just help them find a way through this mess they're in and I'm asking God to put the right words in there and, and, you know, coming out that I can say to him that I know when they leave me, they feel safe and secure. And when they come back to me again, as many have done um, and said, thank you, Carol, for taking me through that. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. But God keeps dropping me into very difficult team um, situations, which sometimes are more scary than the actual employees. And I have been in a very, very difficult past few months, very difficult um, things just with staff around me. And I just went, God, I can't do this anymore. You know, you need to give me good, faithful people here. Um, and it's been lovely because some of the girls in church have come alongside me to pray. And another lovely thing is Malcolm, our lovely Malcolm. He has been popping into my office on his way to work. And we've prayed and work. I think we've prayed in the photocopying room maybe occasionally, Malcolm. So to me, that's bringing a little bit of church into the workplace. And through doing that, God has made really big changes. I'm now working with a team of Christian women. And I'm just bowled over with that because I would never have had that before. And, you know, even the other day, um, I was eating a bit of lunch, the five-minute lunch break that I get, um, and I was just humming, bless the Lord on my soul. And the next thing, all the other girls started singing it, and I looked around and I smiled, and I went, do you know what, girls? We're bringing a bit of church in this place. And that's all I need to do is carry God's presence into the workplace in whatever way I can and whatever way he wants me to. Suleiman, are you here? Suleiman's flying visit from, uh, from James. Um, hello, uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Suleiman. Um, you have to excuse me, I'm exceedingly nervous, um, mostly because my first language is Spanish. So if I start rambling in Spanish, please just ask me later and I'll let you know. <laughs> but um, uh, I am a mother a mother of three, and I do not work currently for money, but um, I do think that uh, I'm a great mommy, and I love my children, and I think that's the greatest job God has given us. Um, how do I connect with people? Um, the way I do this is uh, through mom and tots, you know, I go to these places or at the school gate or anything, you know, God is with me at all times. Um, I have been given this amazing, <laughs> Patience. I'm really, really good with people. I love them. I am compassionate and I think, or I like to think of myself to be quite sincere. So I think that comes across whenever I meet people and I'm in those, you know, situations. Also, um, 
I am very grateful to Kirk Fergus Vineyard because we have a home there, and that is diversity. And diversity is a group where I love and I'm really, really proud of. There's a lot of women from all different places of the world, and they come and meet. And we give them home. We give them hope. They sit down. Uh, we have um, meals. We, you know, different things that they can eat and drink, and they just sit down. And it doesn't matter where you're from, you're not being judged, you're not given any type of, you know, you're not rubbing shoulders or anything like that. It's just, we just sit down and it, and it is our home. And they speak about everything and anything and they leave and they feel completely, you know, completely at, at peace with everything. Um, I'm really lucky to be part of that. And I think, um, I like to think that God kind of it shines through me, and that's the light that I bring to them and the light that I bring to the other people around me. Thank you. And Naomi. Hello, I'm Naomi. Um, I'm an artist and illustrator. Um, I'm aware a lot of you already know what it is that I get up to. Um, for those of you who don't, um, I paint images sort of based on the themes of childhood. Um, and the images will always live in companionships to words and quotes. So I paint to celebrate birthdays and weddings and new babies and that sort of thing, but also to daily encourage and try and inspire other people. Um, I operate mainly from Facebook. Um, the last time I checked, I've got a post reach of about 50,000 people, which is really exciting because that's a good place for me to try and um, be a light. Um, I think really how I do that is by first thing in the morning, as soon as I get out of bed, I am just talking to God and I am seeking um, his face and seeking his inspiration for him to give me some creativity and to talk to me about what we're drawing for the day or where we're going for the day. Um, and I believe he's talking back. Um, if I'm obedient to him um, in what he tells me to do and put out of the way all the negativity that might come in, um, I believe I get a really good uh, feedback in response to the drawings that I'm doing. So below the posts will come uh, feedback like, you don't know what this has meant for me today, or I'm so blessed by this today. Um, and I find that people are sort of sharing the images with one another. Um, I thought of you today, or something that's nice that's happening um, under the drawings is, I love you. <laughs> and it's nice to have a space then for people to sort of share love with one another. Um, but it's behind the scenes that I feel that God's working the most. And it's within conversations that I'm having with people in my inbox. Um, and I'm meeting people from all walks of life. And they are just people from hospital beds. And they are um, from broken families, people who have lost children. Um, there's people who are terminally ill that are talking to me. Um, and that's just amazing then how I have the opportunity um, to talk back and forward to them. Um, I could give you some amazing examples of this to, from now to next week. Um, I'm going to share one with you that is my most recent one. Um, so, as I said, then I'm talking to God in the morning and I'm asking him, what are we doing today? Um, 
I believe that God said to me, uh, I would like you to get up and paint the parable of lost sheep. Um, so I was like, uh, okay, God, I'm not too sure what a sheep looks like because I haven't drawn it before. Um, and I said, God, what does this look like? So he already had showed me the whole image. So I kind of knew what I needed to be doing. Um, then I needed to find um, the words that would go along with that. Um, and God had given me some words from the book, The Shack, which was when Jesus was talking to Mac and about that essence of just being so lost. So um, I was able then to do the word association with the, with the drawing and kind of got quite excited about putting it up on Facebook and waiting for the person who it was for to respond to it. Um, I think what uh, God taught me was that he actually operates outside of the United Kingdom because when I was being impatient and waiting for the person to come along, um, the person who it was for um, was from the United States. So they were sleeping while I was doing this. Um, and that person was actually, um, had been a winner of a notebook that I had run in competition and she hadn't come forward for her uh, prize. And I believe that was because it was in God's timing that she had come in contact with this painting just as and when she needed it. Um, I think then, she had posted this, and then the next day she had written underneath it something along the lines of, I'm having a really bad day. And uh, I just then knew that it was for her, and I went in and wrote underneath it, would it cheer you up to know that you were the winner of my notebook? Um, and she, if you could contact me then in the inbox, I'd be able to uh, chat with you there. Um, so I'd like to just quickly read her response um, to that in association with this drawing. Um, did I really win? I can't believe it. This is the nicest thing that has happened to me in such a long time. I am about as lost as a person can be. I am barely holding on to life by my fingertips, and each day just gets worse. I've been crying hysterically from 6 a.m. this morning, and I nearly didn't make it onto the computer. I am 62 years old, and life circumstances have left me all alone. I am tired, weak, and scared. Your words and paintings have so touched my heart. I have just been doing some Bible journaling about sheep, of all things. If I could just stop crying, I would be grinning so hard. I have thanked God for this blessing. I have been so blessed to have seen your message today. I really needed to hear it today. You have touched my life for sure since I found your page. From reading the comments, I am not the only one. What a gift you have with your paintings and messages. I felt so lonely today. Thank you for taking the time to spend the morning with me. Thank you is not even a strong enough word. I'm so blessed to have met with the woman on Facebook. I just thought it was amazing. Um, I find one thing that people will have in common and who I'm talking to, they're all searching and they're all hurting and lost. Um, and the exciting thing is that we have the solution to their problem with Jesus. Um, so if we can nurture those people that we can come into contact with and just be gentle with them, I think that God will naturally open up those opportunities to be able to speak. That's me. Thank you. A couple of things while these guys get ready. Um, the first thing is this, that we would see our places of work as places of worship. 
Okay? We, we, we understand, don't we, in our heads that church is the place of worship. We come to church to worship. But that we must see going to school, going to work, staying at home, going to the job center, looking after folks, whatever it be, that is our place of worship. 